Everybody, it's the Week in the Tackle podcast, Friday edition. Week in the Tackle previews the weekend. Is that what we're landing on? I don't know. I don't come to the meetings. Uh, I'm Tom Rennie. Always a pleasure to be with you. Alongside me for today's show, as ever, is an American pianist, singer and actor. A child prodigy from Wisconsin. <laughs> the parents of Italian and Polish origin. He enjoyed a career spanning four decades of concerts, recordings, television, motion pictures and endorsements. At the height of his fame, from the 50s to the 70s, he was the highest paid entertainer in the world with an established residency at Las Vegas. I bring you the flamboyant excess of Brian <laughs> Liberace, Dunny Dunseth. How are you, buddy? You know, I, I, I accept, I accept, I accept, I accept. Um, you know, sometimes you got to be bold and you got to be beautiful. And when you make oh. your choices of what you are packing for being on camera during a U.S. men's national team Mexico game on HBO Max, a, a 30 minute pregame show without any commercials, and then popping over to TBS following AEW wrestling. No. Um, you know, I, I I had a moment of regret, Rennie. I'll 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 be honest with you. I woke Dude. up, I woke up at about 2 a.m. Wednesday morning. I was down in, in Phoenix for the US men's national team game. And I was like, I might have made a mistake bringing the most aggressive suit I have. And I love my yes. suit. I've, I've, yes. I'm, I'm happy with my suit. It's a great look. I don't know what the color is. It's it, it's it's one of these suits that when you're it's pink, Danny. It, it's, it's pink. It's pink. It's salmon. It's fuchsia. It's Iliad. No, it's pink. Uh, it's pink, it's pink Danny. But when you're in a studio, it's a little bit darker. When yes. you're in a stadium that holds eighty thousand people and it is a transparent roof, it gets a little bit lighter. Um, and I woke up in the middle of the night. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have wore the blue. Maybe I should have wore the blue, but you know what? I I had no other choice, and I stuck with it. And I was I was happy with my choice, man. I was happy. I got a little stick, mainly yeah. from you, um, because on my flight home, Tim, uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Delta gives you free Wi-Fi, and I logged in on my Wi-Fi just to make sure I could choose like a a little sleepy music on Spotify, a little sleepy Spotify playlist, and I fell asleep. And next thing you know, my phone all right, wakes me up. But it's not my phone. It's actually my watch. My watch, my watch is on vibrate. My Apple watch is on. And I'm like, what the hell's happening? I wake up from a dead slumber, only sleep about five minutes. I'd gotten up at 345 to catch the 6 a.m. flight to get home. And you, you bastard. You bastard, Thomas J. Rennie on Twitter. I was getting text messages. I was getting Instagram notifications. I was getting Instagram comments. I was getting Facebook messages. I was, I don't even know some of these platforms that I was on that people were sending me messages that, yo, my man, you are getting fucking murdered right now. Sorry, Tim, by Tom Rennie and Rodney Marsh on Grumpy Pundits. Yes. Um, look, you look, so, you look great thanks. in your pink suit. It was a very, I didn't see it because I didn't watch uh, the USA B game against Mexico. 55,000 <laughs> tickets sold is quite literally the only reason that game took place. All the Europeans were like, you know, at work in Europe. Um, but the reason to watch it was Scott got in touch with me. Now I'm in the UK, so I couldn't watch your, your work. Um, but he sent me this tweet and he was sort of like, I know you love Brian's shoe choices, as I always say to you, trainers or sneakers and a suit is what a child wears to a wedding. Uh, but he said, um, well, it's the suit you've got to look at this time. It's a very bold statement to wear a three piece pink suit. And I basically said to him, yeah, I didn't realize that Liberace was still alive. Uh, and that's been an, a joke. I've that's been where it much started. Avoid. 
that's where it started, and that's where that's kept us through two days. Not to disparage the legacy of the brilliant Liberace. Um, mm. Anyway, Danny, you were at the USA Mexico game. I mean, people tune in to find out about your ventures. You're working on MLS this weekend. Was it worthwhile watching USA B? It was because what people, well, obviously it's not an international window. So this is something that uh, U.S. soccer and, uh, and the Mexican Football Federation have been doing is trying to identify the next round of up and coming players outside of an international window. And Liga Mekis and Major League Soccer, for the most part, have been really good at allowing these players to go play a game. Because listen, it, it, as much as we make fun of it, we talk about a B team and we talk about the inability to call in the European-based players. The reality is it's it's a good experience because these managers don't get their hands on the players. And I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this with my hands, but the feel like getting their hands into the players. Because, you know, like, for example, <clears throat> Diego Coca and Anthony Hudson, the interim head coach for the U.S. Men's National Team, had two training sessions. Mm. And they're, they're, they're glorified recovery sessions because guys are playing on Saturday and Sunday and then coming to the camp in Arizona and having to fly some, some guys up to five hours. Uh, now it's first class and it's comfortable and the regeneration is a little bit different nowadays, but you're still not full hard training. It's not like the last window when we did the game down in Grenada and then uh, they played El Salvador in Orlando and the guys are together for at least seven days. So you can kind of like philosophically, theoretically, tactically, you know, get, get, get more players to understand what you're trying to accomplish. So, that along, dude, it's U.S. Mexico. It's the biggest rivalry we have. I don't. Who would you say England's biggest rival is? Who Who would you identify as? Because um, you guys have so many. Like yeah, we everyone, really, yeah. I mean, to be fair, everyone hates you as much as everyone hates us. But we just have more nations that play the sport that allows well, you, them to hate us. I mean, Germany, obviously, Scotland, yeah. Italy. The Scotland game. The Scotland game goes back hundreds of years. Italy yeah. in recent times. Uh, Wales, the Republic hate us. Northern Ireland hates us. France hates us. Yeah. Um, who else hates us? If you are listening and you hate England, uh, let us know on uh, <laughs> Day Renning. So basically, this is you. Uh, this is what I grew up on. I told this story in the pregame show um, when we were on HBO Max. Like I grew up in Southern California, so the Mexican culture and influence is is ginormous, right? Mm -hmm. It's everywhere you turn. I grew up playing. It was bragging rights. And it was always so overly dominated by Mexico. I had to wear it all the time. I'm, I'm a Clippers fan. I had to listen to these, these chump Laker fans talking all the time. Like, this is, what, this is what it was like for me. So when I would go to the Rose Bowl and it'd be 90,000 people packed, and I, I said it on air, you know, watching Alexi Lawless get kicked in the nuts by Ramon Ramirez, the, these are like iconic moments. When I go to the Coliseum, it would be 95% Mexican fans, 5% U.S. fans. So it's still that way. Mexico fans, you represent, you show up. I don't care where you play in the United States. It's almost a sellout every single time. But there is a rivalry. And the good news yes. for the U.S. is that we've climbed back in. It's five games unbeaten. Also, keep in mind, and, and I know this doesn't matter for you, but in our Nations League semifinal is U.S.-Mexico. That's June 15th. Yes, but that's a proper game. That's a proper game. It it's, yeah. it's close and we look forward to it. There was yeah. no reason to invite like a bunch of players no. that aren't going to make that squad to this game. I, no, I disagree. Selling I, tickets. I disagree there's nothing, because there's no, eight, it's America, eight, right? There's nothing players. wrong with saying it's a commercial thing. That's great. It, no, it, it, they're, they're monetizing it. It's the checkbook, 100%. The credit card, the Venmo, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But the, but the reality, so for the US, there were eight players on the World Cup squad that started this game. For Mexico, you had 
Alvarado, Chavez, Vega, and you would have had Henry and Martin, four guys that started all three matches for Mexico at the World Cup. So there's still value to it. I get it. It's not the strongest. I get it's cash grab, but still there's value. And by the way, for Diego Coco, who just took over for Tata Martino, his first two games weren't great. If he would have lost this game, Mm. there was legitimate talk about already firing him as the head coach of Mexico because that's how ruthless they are. Imagine the embarrassment of not having a full-time head coach. Um, <laughs> Bastard. Before we move on to this weekend, really briefly, uh, we discussed it on Grumpy Pundits on Sirius XMFC, or if you're in the USA, Danny and I are together on Thursday and Fridays on uh, on FC 157. Uh, beating Sevilla in the Europa League, not for everyone, Danny? No, it's not. It's not. Uh, what a terrible game. Um, I think Manchester United, e- even before this game kicked off, lost this tie with the final six minutes of how they played against Sevilla. Um, rambunctious, loose, horrible defending, criminal defending, uh, and it picked up right where it left off. Uh, It's easy to focus on how bad Man United was. It's more difficult to give credit where credit's due. I thought Sevilla was superb. Um, I thought they were phenomenal. I think that stadium is incredible, and I don't care how bad their season's been in, in La Liga this season and the manager carousel that they've dealt with. They were phenomenal, but De Gea, not good enough. Maguire, not good enough. You go through the entire team, not good enough. Um, and as old Eric Ten Hag says, he was staring the cow in the ass from the opening whistle. Unlike West Ham United, who are staring the gen in the balls. Is that a phrase? I hope it mm. is. Um, and it, it might be a sorry, Tim, there. I don't know. Uh, but West Ham won against Ghent. They've scored more goals in the Conference League and then in the Premier League all season. It was a terrific night at London Stadium. The second really good performance in a week where I couldn't go. I think I might be the the common denominator there. So I'm not going to be going to Bournemouth this weekend. Uh, semi-finals of a European competition for the second season in a row against a significantly <laughs> worse opponent in a lower level competition. I just want to enjoy it. So just get five more points before then from the five games coming up, you p- Sorry, Tim. Uh, right. This is Predicts the Weekend. So I, I came up with a little um, a little vehicle for this, Danny. Um, I'm looking for one thing here that's definitely going to happen and one thing here that you can't see happening but might happen, right? So I thought we could say, Danny, give us your banker and give us your shanker. Mm, okay. Uh, this weekend, we're talking just Premier League alone, right? We're not including FA Cup? Oh, we could do whatever you like. It's your show, buddy. Uh, let's see. What was my big shout? Um, I am going to, oh, here we go. Oh, Fulham three Leeds United one. Wow. The battle of the Americans. I just think right now that Leeds United's not in a good place. I think when you give up the amount of goals, what is it? 12 goals in two matches. I think there's a psychological barrier that barrier that starts to happen. I think that when you're not scoring goals, you drop a little bit deeper. I think it makes it more difficult to be expansive, to be confident, to think that psychologically you're going to get that opening goal. Um, and, and I think that it's almost inevitable that they are going to concede, which then you start looking over left and right. And I've been in this situation. I can promise you it happens. You just want to be the guy that doesn't make the mistake. Mm. And that means you're you're not covering as much. You're not protecting as much. And you're letting guys go down with the ship that deserve to go down with the ship uh, while trying to make yourself look good. So I think that's going to be the, the the American on American crime, Fulham 3-1 winners over Leeds United. You didn't say Fulham America and Leeds United States of America on Major League Soccer. Are you just stepping away from that now? You've moved on. 
You know, yeah, it kind of hurt my feelings that I thought it was Jesse's fault that uh, Leeds were in the situation they were. Yeah, I think he probably he, he probably at fault. Um, got no time for that. Um, so that's so that's what's that's that's your your positive. That's your banker. Yeah. That's going to happen. Who's going to shank it this weekend? Who's going to oh, blow it? Oh, it's easy. Uh, that's that's the easiest one there is. Uh, unfortunately, it's your poor old lowly West Ham. I think the celebration of Ghent, not Genk, was fantastic. But it's back to reality, son. Bournemouth two, West Ham one. But but what? But why though? Because surely <laughs> the league, the league position now is yes. so. You'd think it's really going to inform these yeah. semi-finals, right? And if if we get to these semi-finals in three weeks' time, there's five games before then. Hmm. If they don't have the points, then there's Brentford around there. There's Leeds and Leicester. There's the winnable games that are sort of in that group. They just aren't going to be able to play the strongest team in these games. And they're not going to be able to win a trophy. And for some of these guys, they're not all Deccan Rice. Some are Vladimir Sufau and Thomas Socek. If you want to win a trophy in your career, this is it. Mm. But if you want to be able to play in those games, you've got to get the five or six points from these five games. And this is a huge target, right? Bournemouth away. I mean, I know they've been playing, but West Ham are doing quite well in terms of the points. Watch this, Tim Horsey. Watch him balls himself up right now. Watch him, Cristiano Ronaldo himself, walking off uh, off the field in Saudi Arabia. Hey, what was the prediction that you had for Bournemouth-West Ham on Grumpy Pundits on Friday I can't remember. Afternoon? I can't remember. There's no way of knowing. Um, but I just, that's, I, I, I did Bournemouth to win, <laughs> but, like my heart, my heart says, right. My heart tells me that that's going to happen, but my head tells me that West Ham are better than Bournemouth and they will treat it with the utmost seriousness. So, so wait, Go there and win that game. are you saying that you're, you're, you, are you double jinxing West Ham to get the result by picking them yes. to lose? Do you know what, mate? Currently it's working. It's, it's like currently working. I yeah. thought they'd lose at Fulham. They won. I thought they'd lose against Arsenal. They drew. You're never allowed to go watch them live. Hampton. Yeah. No, that's never, it. That's it. For ever me. again. Okay. I'm going to be going Liverpool on Wednesday. Uh, right. So for me, uh, my banker this weekend, the one that's definitely going to happen, the one I'm looking forward to in a way, is Man City are going to make it to the FA Cup final. They've got Sheffield United because someone is playing with those hot balls in the bag. Uh, so it's championship Sheffield United wallop by Manchester City. My shanker, sorry, Danny, is that Brighton and Albion, my alma mater, my university at, at Falmer, University of Sussex, my second favorite city in these United Kingdom uh, kingdoms is, is Brighton. It's a beautiful place. I love going down there whenever I possibly can. Uh, when that stadium was being built when I was at university there, you knew they were going in the right direction. The football they play is brilliant. They unveil a new seemingly world-class unknown every week. They are a better team than Manchester United. And I think... We can all get on board with Man United. Oh, we only won one trophy this year. <laughs> Boo-hoo, us. Um, you know, screw them. Get them out of the agenda and let's all get behind Brighton beating the Sovereign Wealth Fund in the final in June. And I'll back them. Uh, we will see what happens this weekend. The, the, the big week in the Tackle podcast is available for you on Tuesday. So make sure you subscribe. If you're on YouTube, subscribe as a podcast. If you're on the podcast, watch us on YouTube. I'm Tom Runny. Brian Liberace. Dunseth is with me. Tim Horsey produced the program. And we'll see you Tuesday. All right. Mm-hmm.